1: Uh, he delivered in Buffalo today. It was a bit of a tale of two speeches, on one hand being consoler and uniter-in-chief, and the other being very partisan and divider-in-chief. Uh, but it's just part of a bigger trend and a bigger problem for the president when it comes to communication. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, the president has uh, had some mixed messaging coming out, which I think has created more confusion than clarity both for his supporters on the left and for those uh, in the center, the center left to the center right. Uh, and uh, we want to break that down in terms of a communication strategy. Again, set aside whether you love the policy or not. There's uh, communicate. Leadership is about clarity uh, and vision. And we're really pleased to have joining us on the program today. Dr. Merrill Matthews is a resident scholar with the Institute for Policy Innovation in Dallas, Texas, had a brilliant piece uh, earlier this week, uh, uh, and, uh, and we want to break that down a little bit from the hill uh dr matthews thanks for joining us today
0: well thank you for having me well let's let's
1: dive into this a little bit uh you made the case uh, and some very specific examples where uh the president seems to be on on both sides of a of a number of issues uh, first tell us uh, what you think is happening why is that happening and what is the impact
0: You know, it's a good question, but it's got everybody confused about it because he'll do these sometime in the same speech. Uh, and he'll make one, he'll make one statement about something and elaborate on it. And just a little later, he'll take a different position on something else that's either Related to it, or maybe uh, uh, you know, somehow the com- but but they're they're just either incompatible or inconsistent policies that that don't make sense. And as you point out, it's got both the left and the right confused as exactly where he is on things.
1: Yeah, and so let's dive into some of those uh, from your piece uh, in the Hill. Uh, you talked about uh, the economy, and on one hand, president saying it's great, on the other hand, it's saying no, it's really bad, and we need to do something about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, that's what he' right he came out in April first with it with a statement saying record i 'm quoting from him record job creation record unemployment declines record wage gains people are making more money they're finding better jobs and then just on may six after the May 6th jobs report he came out and said our jobs our plans and policies produce the strongest job creation in uh, job creation co- economy in modern times." And so the question is, if, if the, if the economy's going so well, people getting paid more, there's low unemployment, we're doing really well, why are we extending these, uh, the loan re- the student loan repayment, uh, element that started under President Trump when the economy really was tanking because of the pandemic? Um, you're, you're still keeping this up. And, you know, these are, these are oftentimes college graduates where the unemployment rate's about 2% among them.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting to see that. One of the other things that you pointed out, I'm going to play a couple of uh, clips from the president and from the the press secretary. Uh, First, uh, relating to the the pandemic, uh, that on one hand, uh, we're still in a pandemic. We need uh, more relief. And then also uh, looking at uh, Title 42, we should let anybody come in. Here's President Biden talking about uh, Title 42.
0: We had proposed to eliminate that policy. Uh, By the end of May, the the court has said we can't so far. And what the court says we're going to do, the court could come along and say we
1: cannot do that. And that's it. Uh, On that same day, uh, then Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who has since retired and moved on to MSNBC, uh, she told the press that the president wants Congress to pass another covid relief bill because otherwise we're going to have more deaths. More Americans will die needlessly, which is the biggest uh, heartbreaking issue. We're going to uh, uh, exhaust our treatment supply. We'll lose out to other countries on promising new treatments. This is one of the biggest components that is of concern to the president and all of us, because as you know, how we've approached this to date is we have ordered ahead
0: so that we are first in line.
1: Uh, so, Dr. Williams, as, as you've uh, looked at this and analyzed it, uh, uh, that makes it really hard to, for, for, again, your support. It's hard for your supporters. If you're uh, a Democrat and you're on the, the, the president's side of these issues, it's hard to go out and make the case. Uh, so, how is that playing uh, on the left? And then we'll figure out how it's playing on the right.
0: I don't think it's playing very well. And this is one of the things that really. This is a puzzle to me on on why he's doing this, because because so many Democrats are pushing back on ending the Title 42 policy that Trump initiated, which allows the federal government to deport people who are coming across illegally uh, because we're in a public health emergency. And, of course, you you mentioned the funding. But when I wrote this a a week or so ago, the issue was the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, was out there saying we've got to keep masks on plants planes and public transportation because you're liable to catch a, uh COVID from traveling next to somebody. Most of the people on the planes and public transportation are going to be Americans who are vaccinated, uh, you know, maybe even boosted, or else have natural immunities developed, and yet the people coming across the border, we don't know about them. And, and that was implemented because of a public health emergency, Title 42, but we're ending it because apparently we don't have a public health
1: emergency. Uh, one of the other areas that I think has frustrated the uh, the left as much as it has the right was has been the president focus uh, on both a transition to clean energy uh, and importing oil from other places around the world and uh, getting after oil companies for not producing more.
0: Absolutely right. He wants, us to, he wants us to end our reliance on fossil fuels, but he wants us to produce more of them. No one can make sense of that. And it's ironic because at the same time, they're saying we want you to produce more oil and gas, but we're also going to impose a windfall profits tax on oil and gas companies to take away the money. And so they're saying You're, we're make, you have record high rates of for oil and gas. You need to be pumping more. You'll make more money, but we're going to take that money away through the windfall profits tax. <laughs>
1: Uh, And then finally, just looking at uh, where the president is in terms of what the uh, administration has done uh, in terms of spending to try to get everyone through the pandemic and get the economy rolling. Uh, And so that's one thing he's uh, taking a lot of credit for. And at the same time, he's uh, he's looking at uh, record inflation. uh, But that Mm -hmm. seems to be somebody else's problem.
0: Right. The the, the president is willing to go out and say, you're making more money. It's the increase in the price of labor. He's been calling for that for some time. And and yet he doesn't want to connect that with the increase of every the price of everything else with the inflation. And yet for most companies, the price of labor, the cost of wages and so forth is their biggest expense. And they have been going up for many people. The problem for the president is wages have not been going up as fast as inflation. And that's often the case. And that's got even people who are making more money upset because they don't feel wealthier.
1: Yeah, Uh, and then if I, Dr. Matthews, before I let you go, uh, in your work at the Institute for Policy Innovation there in Dallas... Uh, If you were advising the president this has been the the conundrum for me is you you can be rooting and cheering for the president uh, and yet this communication strategy just seems to be far short of the policy strategy uh, in these mixed messages if you were uh, part of the inner circle there in the White House what would you be advising the president in terms of a messaging strategy to go along with that policy strategy
0: i would I would suggest to the administration that you need that in a good economy, a strong economy needs stable policies, and businesses need that in order to be able to know when to invest, how to invest, whether they can hire or not, and other things. and the the President can't has not been doing that. The problem, Boyd, I think is, the president and his administration simply does not know how to do that. They don't know how to do a consistent message because their policies are so all across the board, and yet they're constantly hit by these crises and other things where they immediately step up and flip their policies. Just right now, uh, the president apparently is negotiating with Venezuela to, uh, to import a million barrels of oil a day, even as he recently cut down oil and gas pumping in Alaska fields.
1: Uh, It is an interesting conundrum there in uh, the administration, and we're going to continue to track that. But a great piece in the Hill, Dr. Merrill Matthews, uh, love having you on the program today. He's a resident scholar with the Institute for Policy Innovation in Dallas, Texas. And uh, Dr. Matthews, thanks for your perspective today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Uh, Again, I I think the I think the challenge for the administration is the messaging. Uh, They they really have to plant some flags. Uh, The American people can deal with good news. The American people can deal with bad news. What they can't deal with is confusing news, where they're hearing. Two sides of something that just don't seem to add up or where what the administration is sharing is so incongruent or so out of alignment with what they're living and feeling and experiencing every day. And I think the the president and his team need to look at, okay, here's a very clear vision of the policy strategy. And then we've got to create a communication strategy that's every bit as robust, every bit as innovative if we're going to get the American people to all get united Uh, ...behind a message and a vision and a direction. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison.
0: Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
1: I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads... Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.